Fada Productions presents Inclusion We Digress. The best hour of your life will never get back. Hello, and welcome back to this next episode of In Conclusion We Digress. Thank you guys so much for coming back and listening as always. We appreciate it. And tonight we have kind of a smaller crew than we normally do, but we are joined tonight by Kyle and Pat, both coming to us from the Upper East Side. Well, of the one could say the glue that holds the larger group together. The, most the glue that holds this podcast together. I like that, Pat. I like that. <laughs> I, think, I think we would all win that title. Glue I mean, guy. I think that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, how we doing? Kyle, we'll start with you, I guess. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> I'm doing, it's, it's, it's been tough to be an Everton fan. Um, it's not gone very well since our last discussion about it, but hoping the boys will bounce back. Other than that, <clears throat> just been, enjoyed a really great weather weekend, uh, here in New York and getting through it, working, hoping the weather stays nice for as long as possible before, uh, it descends into a cold, dark hellscape. Uh, yep. but other than that, I'm great. How about you? I mean, I am ecstatic. I'll, I'll touch on that quickly and then we'll get to Pat. Uh, today, the day we're recording, November 10th, is a day that will go down in infamy for me and my beloved New York Mets. I would say, honestly, the two World Series victories are probably number one for the Mets, and then today was number two in terms of Mets history. Well, one, two, then this would be three, or let, well, unless you're grouping three. those together. You'll allow this I, to I be three. I would group the World Series You'll together. You'll allow this but. to be three. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Well, I, if you couldn't tell, we're talking about sports today, listeners. Well, <laughs> we, <laughs> we are going to talk about sports. Uh, I wanted to just briefly touch on just what a momentous day it was for the Mets. Steve Cohen was introduced today to the press and to the fans. And I kid you not, it was a 90 minute press conference. I already told these guys before we started recording, I spent the entire 90 minutes smiling like a fucking idiot. So, uh, <laughs> needless to say, things were very happy in my house today. But, Pat, how are you doing on your end? I'm doing very well. Well, actually, I'm conflicted because the AC just kicked on, and, it's no, and as Dan said, it's November 10th. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what happened there. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Definitely confusing, that's for sure. Yeah, Quite. alarming. Yeah, but alarming. I'm also, as, uh, as Dan pointed out, though, I, as a Mets fan, probably not as dedicated as – I am a dedicated. I'm I'm a very dedicated Mets fan. I'm going to say, but Dan is the biggest Mets fan I know. Um, <laughs> you're you're definitely top three. So um, I also rejoice, and I, I was trying to my best to follow Twitter when news of the press conference and the press conference was released. I definitely was following the Barstool feed and the Barstool um, You Got to Believe podcast, which is like a lot of a lot of good meme content, um, as I'm sure you know, Daniel. Uh, I like almost all of their tweets so yes <laughs> either way I, yeah we're gonna um, get into all of the Mets news we're gonna do the Yankees as well we're gonna do a whole yeah. we're gonna do a whole series with just the New York team so we'll get into all that all you know the wonderful Steve Cohen stuff going on and the Yankees plans to um you know get back to the playoffs and beyond next season but for today we're gonna introduce this new New York series and we're gonna call it live from the dumpster because for the most part most of the New York teams are just god awful at this point, as we've said before on the podcast repeatedly. An absolute series of dumpster fires. The largest of all of those dumpster fires no longer being the Mets. Live from here, this dumpster is on fire. So I think it's it's a perfect moment on this day of all days to 
transition from bad owners to a, a new good owner. And now we'll actually focus back on the worst owner in New York and possibly in sports. And that's James. Dole He's been the voted the most fans. worst earner in sports multiple years in a row. Mm-hmm. It's by his peers he or is. by uh, just the public in general. Or, uh, I believe everybody. by, by other sports owners and by the public perception. He's one, Probably like and yeah. one, I say he is, he's been voted the worst owner in sports by owners. I know that for a fact. And I believe in a public opinion poll as well, just based mm-hmm. on people being like, why are the Knicks so irrelevant? They play in, what we refer to as the Mecca of arenas. The world's most famous arena has the world's is largest there... pile of flaming dog shit playing basketball in it right now. Would it be called, so is the only reason that that is a thing is just because they play in New York, right? There's no other reason yes. um, why, it's fa- why it's really famous. Why is anything in New York famous? It's because it's, it's here. New York, because it's in New yeah. York. There's, yeah. nothing that, there's nothing that took place there that you would actually want to be proud of. And certainly, not in the last, I don't know. I mean, obviously I'm exaggerating, but in the last... There was an Ali fight. No, yeah, there was an Ali fight. I believe in the Garden that was a big deal. That's probably it. In recent memory. <laughs> can you think, can yeah, like, can. this is... A... Not in our lifetime. Well, the, the Rangers won the cup in 94, but I, wasn't, I actually wasn't born yet, so it doesn't count. It was not my lifetime. So now that we're focusing on the New York Knicks, um, for context, all three of us are actually New York Knicks fans. Um, we're pretty into it. Pat's got, Pat was wearing a New York Knicks shirt earlier before we even decided to, you know, settle on the Knicks today. Um, it was destiny. So I, I yeah. So let's let's just discuss like where where the team is, where they finished last season, um, yeah. and you know how do we feel about what what we have at the moment, and then we can kind of go from there. So worth noting, it has been, what, eight months since they last played a game? Eight or nine months? Almost nine. Yeah, mm-hmm. almost nine months. So I I March, March 11th, I think March is what, uh, March 11th. So it'll be, it'll be nine months tomorrow, literally mm-hmm. tomorrow. But when this podcast comes out, it will be nine months. Clearly, we haven't seen these players in a long time. We don't know what any of them look like, the shape they're in, regardless. But going back to where they were back in March, we could talk about basically their starting lineup. Pat, I want to hear you run up a proposed starting lineup that was towards the end of the season, um, but it, it is just god awful. So let, tell us who was in that starting lineup. So I don't think so. This is just uh, I don't know how official this is. I don't think it is official. I think it was um, the start this, of the this, end of the season. Like, it was the start of the end of the season, but also I guess projected start. I, I don't think. So this is actually labeled New York Sticks, New York Knicks starting lineup 2020. So I'm assuming that this is just uh, where it left off from last year. So I guess we'll we're gonna open it up to a forum and see where we improve based on, you know, any potential um, draft additions, any free agent signings, and then obviously players who were hurt mm-hmm. that are gonna end up being healthy uh, by the start of this season, which I don't think Dan announced yet. We do have a projected start date for the NBA season. Yes. Which yeah. is December 22nd, if I uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, and that December is 22nd so, is our start date. Yeah, so I this one jump into all that, but I, yeah. I, I wanted to hear this starting lineup first to preface, and then we'll talk yes, about of course, why of the course. Knicks had the record they did and blah, blah, blah. Why we're coming at people live from the dumpster. So the starting lineup from last year is uh, at point guard Alfred Payton, who is rated a, 79, a 79 on this website. It's called lineups. Uh, so just 79, presumably out of 100, and that doesn't sound very good because it's not. Sure. No. Uh, 
<laughs> RJ Barrett, starting shooting guard, 75. That's just because he's a rookie. He had a very, I think, overall we can agree, at least from the quorum I, that we have here, that he had a – I think he had the third best rookie season. year. Yes. He was very disrespected in the, in the, in the all-star vote – or in the uh, rookie year voting. And <clears throat> I mean, it was pretty unbelievable to me that he got as few votes as he did when you, when you look back at the way that the season went. I mean, he, he played his, his head off. And I think that it, these days, unless you're <clears throat> Carmelo Anthony, no one's going to pay attention to anyone who plays for the Knicks, which is really unfortunate. And just to give you a, a background to that, his he averaged about 30 minutes a game, uh, 14.3 points, and his field goal percentage was 40.2%. I'll take that out of a rookie. And I would assume he averaged somewhere around five assists a game. That would be my guess. Five rebounds and three assists. Okay. Okay. More boards and assists. Fair enough. He had, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> when uh, Mitchie was hurt, he kind of had to do everything last year. Uh, so who else, Pat? Keep going down this list of terribleness. Uh, small forward. So they actually – and Kyle, you made this point in the um, – I, I guess when we were discussing this before. But, yeah, there's no, there's no hype in this lineup. <laughs> so Maurice Harkless is the, uh, is the three. Uh, he, is, but he is the worst-rated player in this lineup, fun fact. And at the three, he's six, <clears throat> he is six foot nine. So he's not a small guy, but he, – He plays small. He, yeah, he's, he plays small ball. Um, and then sharing the power forward position, um, you got Julius Randle and Taj Gibson, which Julius Randle, I think, was the best player, uh, other than maybe, I don't know, Marcus Morris, I know, had some um, time. Healthy well. Mitchell Robinson, I think, is the Health, best oh, yes, player yes. on the team. But, but Julius okay. played very well last year. I was, I was very happy with, with him. Yes, absolutely. Um, Average about 20 points a game, so not terrible. Is that best on the team? I believe so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the five, Patrick. It's on fire. Uh, yeah, Taj Gibson is the. <laughs> that was because um, Mitch was Mitch Robinson was hurt at the end of last season. So. Yes, yeah, so that, that important distinction there, I think. So I wanted so, to preface yeah. all that, Pat. Um, yeah, Pat, because I wanted to now highlight the Knicks' terrible record. They were twenty-one and forty-five. They finished is that good in the East. So they were twelve, 12. and fifteen. But shockingly enough, the Knicks were only four games out of the nine seed. So just goes to show you how terrible the, invi- the conference is. And that was the invitation uh, cutoff, right? For the that East? was the invitation yep. cutoff. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, I guess it's an improvement. They've had a lot of, you know, 17, 18 game win seasons recently. They even had, I think the lowest was, well, like 11 or 12 a couple years ago. So, I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. like, but still managed to not cut it. Still not fucking up the uh, yeah I know exactly exactly what I was gonna say. Still that's and awful. that's not even our fault. Like that is just numbers and odds. You know what? No, it's it's the someone who uh, someone made a deal with the devil um, on the other side of the Dolan ownership of the, the Rangers who I guess sacrificed or threw a virgin into a volcano or sacrificed <laughs> their firstborn to get just tremendous draft lottery look for 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 look for a team that was you know okay at the very least. So, quick side note to the other New York team that shares um, Owners, yeah. the garden and, the, and, and yeah, the ownership. So, yeah, I, I so, think that that – I'm just saying there has to be some yeah. sort of black magic going on. I mean, you're not wrong. Um, so, for anybody who was paying attention this year, and I know I certainly was, and by that I mean I know that I screamed incredibly loudly when we didn't get the <clears> – <throat> well, when I was there eighth. Yeah. Pack and confirm, I screamed fuck very loud. Um, and then I went not in a good, not in a good way. No, no, it was, it was not like, yeah, <laughs> like that. It wasn't like one of those. It was like that. It was like, it was <laughs> more of, yeah. 
it was more of an angry, oh god damn it moment. Um, it's a perfectly yeah. So match. so that's that's rough for the Knicks, you know, being being a, a properly bad team last year and and having just some teams who I mean, well, we're we're gonna get into the draft. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop ranting about the draft for a minute. I want to talk about where we think the lineup should be if there's nobody nobody new comes in if they you know whatever if they forget to, to pick somebody and no one notices like that's the scenario we're under right now yeah. who should the starting five be and i actually have one sketched out here and i'm curious as to what you guys w- would think of it um go for it so i'm gonna go for i'm gonna go for a little a little bit of length here sort of in the middle so i'm gonna start uh dennis smith at the one mm-hmm. just because he's so he was, explosive he was hurt toward the end of the season yeah, and he's not been his best with the Knicks. I understand that, but I think he's he showed so much talent. You do need to give him another shot because your other option is Frank Nielakina, and he certainly can't play offense. Um, RJ or, to me or basketball is your, is your yeah. RJ to me is your two guard because I don't really like the idea of a six foot six three guard. It feels a little short to me. Um, then you bring in Reggie Bullock at the three. He's only six seven, but he's got a right, bunch of bigger wingspan. Uh, terrible hair, but great wingspan, great <laughs> basketball player. Um, excited to see him for a season with the Knicks uh, under under Thibodeau too. Um, and then four or five is pretty self-explanatory. Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson. You know, uh, on a good day to me, that lineup is is competitive. I mean, what do you guys think? So just to recap, you said Smith. Uh, we're doing yeah, DSJ, RJ, Reggie RJ. Bullock, Julius, and the Mitchie. Okay, where do you see Kevin Knox fitting? Um... Because that, that was that was the Kevin, one that would be the one that I had. Um, Kevin would be for bulk. He'd be your your six man for your for your third for your three guard, and then you got Frank can play the one or the two on defense because he's so long. Um, but you do need to understand that when you take anyone out for Frank, you are losing a significant amount of offensive potential. Not that I, I I'm not really a Frank hater anymore. I think he played pretty well overall last year all things considered and he needs can't to discount someone who can sh- shut people down like that on defense it, it, it's hard to work on um you know his like intangible skills in, in terms of offense like cutting to the basket uh making yep. good offensive plays uh mm-hmm. being the facilitator i think he at this point he needs to focus uh on, on adding at least something and that might be i don't know maybe the three ball i know he uh, can't shoot. shoot he's got he shoot. Needs to practice and he needs to practice more um, that would be the ben easiest. Simmons can shoot the three, then so can Frank Nielakina. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, I'm just saying that that might be something that he. I don't know. I, I I'm sure that the the coaches are and the, and the staff are working at it with him. But yeah, uh, I, mean, I would hope sort so. of dimension, offensive dimension to his game, so he's not just a liability from that. Side. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So what do, what do you think about that, Tim? Yeah, I mean, I honestly, if everyone's healthy and right, I don't think it's a bad lineup, especially in the east which again we've mentioned is just so anemically bad like it's just a terrible conference as a whole so that lineup i could see winning 35 40 games if everyone's i mean and the the thing is that you do have a level of you do have a level of depth there too i mean you got you know whoever used to point you got frank on the bench you got alfred payton who's all you know he's a baller he can play damian dotson has proven that there are days when he is one of the better two guards in the East, but there are days when he is a traffic cone. Definitely. So I think he needs to work on his consistency. I mean, you have Wayne Ellington too coming off the bench. You do have a level of veteran depth that I think can't really be discounted. I know you lack Taj Gibson, but Taj Gibson is a great veteran presence in that locker room and on that bench. And at the end of the day, he can come in 
you know, play the four, play the five, and bang guys around because he's he's still huge and a, a talented basketball player. But Definitely. yeah, I mean, I I don't think that gets us anywhere spectacular, but I think that maybe squeaks us into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, the problem is Todd Gibson's getting up there in age. He's thirty-five. Um, the yeah, exactly. He's probably got one or two dollars this year, which <sighs> you're not super happy about. You know, Bobby Portis. I know he's he's still young, but you're you know paying him fifteen mil. Um, he had a good year last that's, year. That's though, one. That's one. Well. That's one name we didn't notice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, we didn't had a good year. I think one of the biggest problems, though, for the Knicks is they're always they just make such stupid contractual decisions. So now they still have an additional almost seven million dollars hanging over their heads because of Joakim Noah. Yeah, yeah, I was going to bring that. <laughs> um, which kind He's of too busy doing cocaine to play basketball? Right. Who's on crack? <laughs> Honestly, the Knicks. To your point, Kyle, they have a good young core. They have a good group of guys who could be depth guys. I I think also part of the problem is that the Knicks have had five coaches in a period of three years, um, and they can't really get all no structure in terms of a, exactly. There's no structure. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. no accountability. You can't get you know on the same page in terms of a system. And I think that's tough for a bunch of 23 you know through 26 year olds who literally are coming from a college system which is different and then trying to learn as they they go and. Especially guys like if, you know, you look, you look at guys like RJ and, and Kevin coming from just elite and even, even Iggy uh, Brenzikis coming from Michigan, like that's an elite basketball program. Yep. I mean, that's, that's a different world. I mean, Julius Randall too. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's some, some pedigree here when you, when you look at it and, and then a guy like Wayne Ellington, who's, who's played for the Miami Heat and played under Eric Spolstra. I mean, there are guys here that when you coach them, they are going to be good players. But I think the issue, as you're saying, is is consistency. And obviously that stems from having the worst owner in sports in James Dolan. And quite frankly, if he ever hears this, he can go fuck himself hard. And it's, and it's a trickle-down um, effect, as we know. Yeah. So it's, you know, that's, it's only going to get worse from the top. But I, I do think that I was very optimistic about Fisdale. I'm not going to lie about that. I liked him a lot. I think, I think we all were. I think we all – I think – Seeing what he did yeah. in, in Memphis during his time, and I, he I seemed to come with kind of a certain. Now. <laughs> What's I up? He's a bad coach. I, I think, yeah, I agree. Again, he was handed a tough roster. It's a tough situation. The players again had to transition from another new old system with um, Hornacek. And no help from above for him. Well, Hornacek was just a, a, a. I don't know if anyone's an, a Hornacek apologist here. I mean, I don't think he brought anything to the table. No, I don't no. think he did either. Mm-hmm. But I think but that that's, that's the that's the perfect coach for an owner who thinks he knows what he's doing right. is a guy who doesn't bring anything to the table, which is why the Thibodeau move to me is, is, is interesting because he is like very much like Tom has a system. He does it his way. Yeah. He does it his way. And then listen, maybe the Knicks are realizing that when they didn't play games for nine months this year, they lost an awful fucking lot of money. Mm-hmm. And if the Knicks are bad and they are playing behind closed doors which they will be because cuomo is the governor and he's correct and you know i don't think anyone should be indoors at this point event right now regardless of how fucking big the arena is there's going to be no one in the stands and the only way that the knicks can make money in this scenario is being good which is not an experience that they've had because the suits if you don't live in new york and you're listening um first of all Thank you for finding us. But the suits are always going to show up because of the corporate tickets and all that, you know, all that yeah. revenue is lost. And I, I know that Those are all your lower level a year. Seats. Yeah. I mean, two or three tickets for a year is $50,000 for decent, like lower ring corporate seats. 
I mean, do the math. That's an insane amount of money. I know they own the building and I know it's Madison Square Garden, but going further into that uh, from a business side, like MSG is having shows, Billy ain't playing once a month, Rangers aren't playing. Like it's, they're in a very bad way. And the bigger money grab is the New York Knicks, not the New York Rangers. So they now need to be good in order for Dolan to keep making money. Um, um, yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't say I it's, it. it's drastically much more. I mean, obviously they do. Uh, ticket sales are, are probably about the same because the Rangers still sell out every game. It's, it's only marginally less seats. The Knicks um, games are more expensive. Though. More expensive, though. Like significantly oh. more expensive. Yeah, in terms of like the, the, the price for ticket, price for entry. Yeah. Not that price much more. Ticket. Not as much more as you think. It, it, really? It's, it depends on the game for hockey, obviously. If they're playing a no-name game, a no-name team from the Western Conference, it'll be less. But, but dude, I paid like 200 bucks for like medium Ranger, Ranger tickets last year, and I'm, I'm not even a fan. Yeah, so. true. I mean, I, I remember I'm trying to think last time I went to a Knicks game. I think they were tickets, like somebody's parents got them tickets for something. I've the last time I bought Knicks tickets was probably 2012, and I was sitting in the rafters, and it was eighty five dollars. We, we spent a hundred and twenty hundred when we went. I think didn't we go for the Warriors game? You got we went we went for, through college, and and that's when uh, Manhattan College like pretty much lost all of their endowment that day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a fun story. I don't, I don't, we, we, I don't know if we told, I don't know if we can say where we went to school, but um, I, I think yeah, we, our our. Yeah, I think we have, but Manhattan College yeah. <laughs> promised. Uh, I guess, do you have time for a quick anecdote with that? Yeah. Did you, do you know what happened, Kyle? No, I have no idea. Okay. So they, okay. so our school, I did like to do like events, like through like the, um, the student event office. Student like event office. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah Essentially. Yeah. And, they, and they decided to do a ticket giveaway and it was first come first serve, I believe. It wasn't lottery cool. based. It was first come first serve. Um, and when it opened online, it was such an immediate flux of people order the tickets like through the through the website that they overbooked mm-hmm. the amount of tickets. I, I don't know. I guess I think someone stopped. Whoever set it up on the website failed to put a cap on it. Um, the business uh, and that there, yeah, there was more um, like entries. So everyone, <laughs> so every single person that tried to get tickets did get tickets, and then the overflow. Re, I got the same tickets as some other people. Correct me if I'm wrong, oh, Dan. Like they, yes, they, they gave away the same ticket twice. That is correct. So the people who got in first, so the, multiple people had multiple tickets. And the people who got in first that night, and I think it was 40, they, they went away for $40. So a little bit more background on that is they, it was a Knicks Warriors game. And even for the upper bowl, this was the Knicks, this was when the Warriors had their 72 win season, or was that the year before? The year after, that? I think. The year after that. Okay. Yeah. They were still very good. They were still an elite team. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, so it was probably the most expensive game in the year, I, I would say, as, as a Knicks. Either that or the, or the LeBron game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it was up there. So the, the, those tickets retail probably go for like one fifty. Yeah, well, I don't. I don't. I don't think that's. It, it was upper bowl, but like maybe one. That's fair. No, like that's what they. Not right. Like it's one forty, one fifty. It's very, very, very expensive to go for that for that game for that game. Right. Yeah, I think it's probably yeah, yeah, yeah. in the eighties for a no name, but um, yeah. They're playing the Hawks, like who gives a shit? But, but anyway, people who got in second with the same amount of tickets obviously couldn't get in because that ticket was already scanned. So, yep. What did what did this, what did the school do, Dan? They they gave away, they gave another, they gave them tickets to another game and they paid, they gave them their money back or something. No, so they they got there and they were 
people whose tickets wouldn't scan because the ticket was already scanned by yes. someone else who got into the arena. So what they did is they tried to buy a bunch of tickets at the game, like at the ticket window. The school did. The school did. People in, yeah, the school did. As many yeah. as possible. <laughs> so the entire like student um, event budget for the year is yeah. just gone. And then President O'Donnell or uh, the, the, the president of our school like sent an email out to the entire student body acting like a hero. He was like, we did the right thing. <laughs> I got you all tickets, but no more events this year. Like, we don't have any more yeah. money. <laughs> Just disgraceful. And all, and all oh, that yeah, for yeah, the New York Knicks, fucking baby. Mess. And all that for... Yeah. The game, it didn't end up being a blowout until the third quarter. It was, it was when Melo was still on the team. It was when Melo and Porzingis were on the team. So the game was competitive. Dropped, I think, 60 that night. So That was the 60-point MSG. Yep. didn't play in the fourth quarter. Yeah. He just hit every three um, yeah, conceivably. But... I, I saw the Splash Brothers play the first year of like the Splash Brothers, so to speak, um, when they were but when they were good, they played the Nets, and I just was like, "Holy shit, this is this is terrifying!" <laughs> like these guys, I was like, "Oh, the Warriors are going to be really good, aren't they?" And you know, then that happens. Lo and behold, um, yeah. So so anyway, so we we've we've digressed, but um, yeah, well, that's back- you know, it's it's in our name, so right. you know what you're getting when you sign up. Us. It's related oh, yeah. and it stands to the um, the pain that it, not only on an individual level, but um, to the collective as well that the Knicks yeah. have caused for so, uh, a mediocre yeah. to to shit return. <laughs> so I I would like to discuss the Thibodeau hiring and how you guys are feeling about that. You know, now that we've discussed the players that they have and and do we think this is a good hiring? To be brutally honest, I mean, knowing the next reputation was keeping their fucking draft picks around, uh, do we think this is a good hiring for Frank, uh, for sorry, for RJ and for Mitch? And I'll even throw Kevin in there because, you know, he's he's getting to the point of you need he to be useful something. now or you're going to go somewhere else. He needs something. Well, yeah. gonna, all right. So just to quickly look them down the roster, Julius Randle is 25. RJ is good 20. Age. Good age. Frank is 22. DSJ is 22. Kevin Knox mm-hmm. is 21. Um, Mitch Robinson is 22. I mean, this is a extremely young. young team. God, they're all younger than me, and, which is crazy. Don't say um, yeah, alarming. And I think having Thibodeau here now, like I said, gives a little bit of structure, has that accountability because Thibodeau is known as someone who doesn't take bullshit from any of his players. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important when you're a young player. I know he kind of can rub people the wrong way, especially if you have kind of an ego as a player. Um, I know he's kind of butted heads with a lot of his, like, you know, the bigger name guys over the years. But for a team prob- that doesn't really have, like, a superstar type player, that that could be a problem. Or, I think or anything really- close to that, I might add. Right. But I think it's a perfect hire in that sense because you have all these young guys now that Thibodeau can, you know, introduce the system to them, hold them accountable, hold everybody to the same standard. And, like, there won't be an ego problem because they're all mm. kind of and on their ha- ha- level. And yeah. has, when was the last coach yeah. to really install anything like that? And, 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 uh, Thibodeau also strikes me as more Mike of a fundamental. Mike Woodson. Mike Wood. Yeah, I was gonna say Woodson. That was, that was the Mike one I was gonna Woodson. bring up. Yeah. Um, so I, I like it. I mean, he's Thibodeau's had a lot same. of success in his. I mean, especially regular season successes, which is what the Knicks need to start doing before they can. Even yeah, think about we need to win honest. some fucking games. First. Right. So I've, I've, he's a very stable. Like, I think he's a good yeah. foundation for what the Knicks are going to want to do for the years to come. To save higher. Yeah. Pat, so, what do you yeah. think? So I saw. Um, and I think I've mentioned most of my, particularly New York sports, for at least primary source information comes from 
from comes from Twitter. And I've saw a lot of a little bit of backlash from the Knicks community as a whole over the over the hiring. Uh, particularly, uh, so I follow Knicks memes on on Twitter. They're a great account. I recommend you guys follow them. Great follow. They have, yes. they have some great <laughs> yeah, tweets out there. But just uh, I think it, I think it's it it spans from his his reputation as a little bit of a hothead, and as Dan already alluded to, his affinity to bump heads with his players um and whether that whether or not that's resulted in like you know benchings or you know mm-hmm. team focused uh, or team internal discipline which I'm, i i know it has particularly when he was with the bulls and um where else is he coached i, I don't the think was, that, that's the whole jimmy butler situation right right right, right i'm sorry yeah yes that's right um so i i think it's easy to look at that but when you're when you look at a team that is just so, so devoid of any sort of uh, structure as we mentioned i think i think i was happy at that and I, I i when it came out I, I know kyle was sitting right there too where i said i liked the move but a lot of people didn't yeah um i, I yeah I, I think i, I mean I'm, I'm with you there i i think if you if you look at the people that he's bumped heads with it's been these stars that have come out of <clears throat> smaller i don't want to say small because marquette is certainly not a small basketball program they put out a smaller yeah smaller let's Mm -hmm. let's just put it that way um because and then you look at where our young stars came from coach k and john calipari (laughs) those are two guys who don't take shit from nobody and are are Really two of the most successful basketball coaches in the history of the sport. I think Coach K is probably the most successful basketball coach in the history of the sport. He's never wanted to coach in the NBA, but if he did, I'm sure he'd be very good at it. We can have that argument later. And I'm not a Duke fan in any way. I root for UNC no, very actively I, in I, basketball. Listen, you're not going to get any Duke love out of this podcast. Nope. No. They, I throw them in the same category as like the Dallas Cowboys. When they lose, America wins. Except facts. So, yeah, so I, I think – I think it's a good hire just because of the nature of where these guys have come from. I think it's going to be a similar environment. And also we've had what three or four Mr. Nice guys in a row. I want someone who's going to burn the motherfucker down. When they do something wrong. Fist and check. And uh, who was before that? I, well, I'm Miller. I don't shit. Count. Was that, was that Derek Fisher? Was that all the way back? I don't know. Oh, Derek Fisher. <laughs> oh God. Well, technically Kurt Rambis. OG. The OG Kurt, Kurt, Kurt Rambis. Kurt Rambis. Was, was, the, was the coach. Right. Was a great coach. <laughs> um, we we are Kurt. Rins yeah, I, I mean, podcast. I, I think it's better. We do we do stand Kurt Rins on this podcast. <laughs> Kurt Rins, you know, and uh, he was the one good coach. He got a raw, you know, he got a raw deal. He got a fucking raw deal. <laughs> yeah, so I I think he's a good hire, and and you know, I I think he he can bring a lot to the table. And like you said, Dan, like organization and Pat, you said structure, like just a system. Like we. <laughs> I think Fizdale had a system, but then I think everyone got hurt and he had to work on his feet and he didn't have anything to work with. So that, you know, that's not going to help you. I will also say this. I think a prime example why we've seen teams like uh, the Jets and, and the Knicks as well have so much just terribleness overall is because they have a bad season. The blame goes to the coach and then we start from scratch again, and it's the same result. I think the Knicks really need to give this a chance. I think Thibodeau needs to have at least two, if not three, full seasons with this team. Yeah, Kyle's saying three. At least I three want, seasons. I'm three full seasons, Thibodeau. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. To give some stability, to have the same system in place. Otherwise, like, it's, it's going to be the same thing again. If Thibodeau has a bad since, first year, 
you know. And since Woodson, he's the first, I think, like defensive strategist type coach, right? Now, uh, yeah, most I don't of them think... are offensive minded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think in all sports, not just basketball, when you look at um, where teams are greater than the sum of their parts is rooted in their defense. You know, not necessarily the, being the most talented bunch, but um, playing together and playing as a team, which sounds a little, you know, corny, and but, but it works. It, yes. At the end of the day, it, it yes, works. tried and true. We've seen this core they have. I think, our, again, our consensus is we like Thibodeau higher. Um, we want to see how he does with this group of guys. But there's still a lot to be changed in the next few months. So we have uh, the draft coming next Wednesday. Uh, the Knicks are picking 8th and 27th. And, again, we spoke about how disgusted everyone was with the Knicks getting the 8th pick, even though they had the 4th or 5th worst record in the league. But Sometimes if- I wish I had a really cheap old television so I could just throw something through it. Mm-hmm. But I don't because I like sports. We can, we can buy like one. To watch on nice television. <laughs> We can, we can buy it. We can just the, buy really cheap. Every time it. something happens to the New York Knicks, I want to go to one of those rooms where I get in a Tyvek suit and a sledgehammer and I can just beat shit up. <laughs> just because there's no other way for me to let my anger out because it is just this, this abstract idea of fandom. I have this team that will never love me. And it's just so depressing. But moving on to the draft. <clears throat> so yeah. I think at least, I, I mean, so I, I did done some research i've been trying to get into you know I'm a, I'm a fairly passionate knicks fan to begin with but i'm trying to get a little more into the nuts and bolts of it this year and for several reasons at number eight if you're still there which i don't know if you will be um i would like the knicks to take uh ob i'm gonna i think it's toppin t-o-p-p-i-n if i'm yeah, gonna apologize um yeah. topin toppin um, whichever it is uh he is an absolute fucking beast He's six foot nine. He played for university. He's 22 years old. He showed out last year hard. Uh, Dayton, due to the coronavirus pandemic, were robbed of what to me could have been an elite eight trip in uh, March Madness pretty easily. A very, very, very good team. Um, my father is an alumnus of Dayton as well. Uh, Dayton. Flyers. Dayton. Uh, Dayton. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely think that he would fit in really well. He's six foot nine, so he could fit that three position. He could back up. I think – you know, Red Bull would be a good guy for him to learn from. He's a little bit thicker than Reggie, too, so that give Nick a lot of presence down, you know, in the paint. Also, would give you the ability to switch him and Julius out, maybe keep Bullock in. You could, you could go, like, you know, three big guys or two big guys. It, it just gives you a lot of flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, obviously, it would be nice if the Knicks could pick up a, a point guard, but your, your guards are, are going to be the guys that are going to go early, you know, the Anthony Edwards and, uh, and LaMelo Ball. Should I'm not sure. Go one, two. I'm not extremely well versed in this year's draft. I think it's going to be tough because, again, they the college season being canceled. I don't think it's a very guard heavy draft. It is. Um, so I'm just it's not I'm, really. Like, it's no. It's also a very top heavy draft in terms of like the elite like ball. Talent. Like I think it's yeah, Lamelo Ball, Anthony mm-hmm. Edwards, uh, James Wiseman, and then after that, it's like a, that's kind of the top, tier, the top three. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then it kind well, of it's. They're going to get a good player. I mean, listen, oh, they're going to get a good, player. Get a good yeah. player, and they're going to get hopefully if, as long as they don't like fuck it up like they usually do. But like though, um, as long as they don't do what they know always they do, will. <laughs> you know they will. So I don't even know why I even said that. But like that's funny. Like I'm just looking at one of the analysis is here. Like this is NBC's. Yeah, you, know, you go to te- you go to team needs for the Knicks, and get in the first line is what do you get for a team that needs everything? A team that needs everything. <laughs> 
Well, that was going to be my, true. my question before we started going into more of the specific players. So moving into the offseason, obviously, like we said, the draft is next Wednesday. Free agency starts next Friday, the 20th. To Pat's point, the Knicks kind of need help everywhere in one way or another. But what do you guys both think if the Knicks needed to focus on like one particular area, if they only can make like one or two moves, where should the focus be? Um, if you can make, yeah, if you can make one move post draft, I mean, this to me is post draft, mm-hmm. um, which obviously will be agency is the 20th. Get me a fucking competent point guard. Yep. Yep. That's all. That's it. Like that, that solves so many problems having a guy because RJ having to do that last year so much was ridiculous. That's not his position. He is just naturally gifted enough to be able to do that. And, you know, he played it a little bit here and there at Duke, but he's still more of a two and a three than a one. Just, just a competent point guard. If he's a veteran and he can only play 25 minutes a game and you got to throw Frank or Dotson or Jared Harper in there for a little bit. I'm fine with that. They, he, they need leadership and then he's with, with, you know, passing ability. And, and we need a floor general really. Do you, so question for you, I, I guess the both mm-hmm. of you then, mm-hmm. do you see any scenario where the Knicks trade up to get like a, to get like a Lamella ball to get that game? Like, that also that all too important so piece the game the, the, the game manager i think is the, the, is the, is the word you chose yeah. um floor general see now floor general yeah. i don't think it's worth it i think i it's don't know well, mellow seems not in like this he's like a shoot first type guy i don't think he's i mean he, he averaged i think like seven assists per game in um wherever he was playing last like the chinese league or yeah. wherever he was playing last year yeah um but they're actually with the Knicks at twenty-seven. There are a lot of point guards they could draft that were really, really. I even remember them from watching um, the tournament two years ago. They, uh, I'm looking at the list now. You know, Trey Jones from Duke. I know um, we hate Duke and stuff, but he. No, but he'd be huge in because he would offense. know RJ too. He'd know RJ. But that's that's but a big it, thing. I'm just, but I, you bring up that point. Do you think if it if it takes their two first, so they're at eight and twenty-seven, and then 27. maybe another piece do you think that's worth uh, trading up for number one if that's what it takes so the issue is that in trading those two you're trading up to get only Lamelo ball because anthony right. edwards is a two guard and the other thing about Lamelo, and the reason that everyone's so high on him is that he is a six foot eight point guard right and the with the knicks height isn't an issue you mm-hmm. got julius and you got mitch and to seven feet julius is getting on for almost seven feet um, you know, you, you have height options. I don't think you need an overly tall point guard. I think you, I also think I, Oh God, my words are, there's a billion, I have a billion ideas, but I <laughs> unfortunately can't do any of this. because But um, so to me, the point guard problem will not be solved through the draft. The point guard problem is going to be solved through free agency acquisition. It's Maybe stop through a transaction trade. Some sort. Um, you need, yeah, you need someone who has experience in the NBA because I just don't think any of these kids have proven themselves enough. I mean, if you look at this one draft board that I'm looking at right now, it has the Knicks taken Tyrese Halberton out of Iowa State, who is the first pick on the board after Lamelo Ball. <clears throat> and for context, this has uh, Toppin going five to the to the Cavs. 
um, power forward. Though they're still paying Tristan Thompson, so I don't know how gung-ho they'd be to take another number four. Um, I don't know that much about Cleveland, though, because ain't nobody caring about Cleveland anymore. But, um, <clears throat> I yeah, I just to me, like, there's not a – you know what really even terrifies me? There's a French point guard. Anyway, no. <laughs> Good God. His name is K- Kilian. Is what do you, so what do you guys think in terms of what, what do we need? What's your, what's your one transaction, Dan, to answer your own question? I mean, I would agree. I think we definitely need more of a facilitator type point guard. Cause I, I think as exciting a player as DSJ is, I don't know if he's the right guy to facilitate the rest of the offense. He's not really, he, I think he's also kind of like a score first type guy. If he can, like he's a drive into the paint type guy and, so I do think we need to get a more, a better passing point guard, um, if you will. But we also just need more bench depth. I think. I, I mean, you're relying on yes. a few guys who are older, new guys who can come off the bench and score effectively, guys who can play strong defense. You, know, you don't, don't have elite like, players like having bench guys who are pretty much as good as your, the people you're putting on your starting lineup is essential. They don't have that. Regardless right. of, of, of whether we we could say a lot about oh they have a lot of good veteran guys but they need to they need they need to be effective though yeah yes um so the point guard sounds an awful lot like Frank wait like, like in, it, in in most ways like doesn't have that first explosive step has great length can play the one and the two he's six five with a six eight wingspan like he does have significant professional experience though I I'm not going to be able to it's oh, Kilian Hayes yeah. yeah okay. So he did play in Spain previously. Uh, he had a pretty good season in Spain too, um, which, you know, if you're going to do leagues, in my opinion, if you look globally, it's the NBA and then Spain uh, in terms of quality of league. They're really actually crazy about basketball over there. You know, he, he was averaging, he's shooting four threes a game. The numbers, are, I'm sorry, the numbers are just really weird. Um, he's averaging six assists a game. I mean, keeping in mind he's, uh, you know, 19 years old as well. So I just – I foresee the Knicks having that boner for international players and going for him, which hopefully won't be the they case. They always do. They they truly always do. Well, Dolan has this idea that he's trying to make, like, a Spurs-type team. And the, obviously the Spurs struck gold with all their, like, international guys um, like Manu and, and, you know, Tony Parker and, and – tons of other guys on the team as well. I, don't, I can't even name on top of my head, but yeah, he's had this infatuation for a number of years. I mean, you think back even like Gallinari, um, obviously KP, uh, Nitikina, like just all these guys that like, you know. Gallinari and uh, obviously KP worked out. Well, this, I guess the jury, I, I yeah, want to say the jury's still out on KP, but I, well, I know yeah, he's. In, I, I was just more yeah. to the point, like he just likes the international guys um, as opposed to, you know, taking high mm-hmm. talent from like, the college level or you know whatever the case may be. I know. think I think it's just as much of a zero sum game as taking someone from you know maybe maybe not immediately off the board. I mean there've been plenty of draft busts that have been first overall you look at like your Anthony Bennett's and like that category. So I, I think you know the other leagues have proven themselves to before. Be, oh, exactly. 100%. Yeah. Another, another Duke guy. But um so let me, let me ask this then. So we can go back to draft in a second, but obviously I think the consensus is that we think the Knicks could really use a new point guard. The number one point guard on the free agent list this year is Fred Van Fleet from the Raptors. 
So that's this is NBC. You know how to back a big truck up for him. You have to pay him a shitload of money. That's the thing. He's he made almost ten million dollars this year. He's due for a payday. He's, he's you know done well in the playoffs. Um, you know, he averaged seventeen point six points, seven assists. Like he's he's a good player, but you're gonna have to pay him a lot of money. So is you have to pay him to step down as well. From a, you know what would be considered, I then again I think the Raptors, their status as a contender in the East is gone more or less. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I like um, Fred VanVleet yeah. a lot, a lot. I'm a, I'm very high on him, but I also think you're going to need to pay him twenty, sixteen probably. to twenty probably over. F- oh, I mean the term is fine because I think he's he's a oh, good how player. How old is he? I would like to have him. Twenty six. Twenty six. Yeah. He's going to want five to six years. A five year deal. Yeah. yeah, give him a five with a with a team option for the sixth, at seventeen and a half a year. I mean, the the next person I'm seeing at point guard on this list is uh, if he if he's twenty five, he might so he might want a four year deal, and I'll tell you why. It's because the, the twenty nine to thirty, he, he's going to command more money, and it's it, I know it sounds crazy at twenty nine than he will at thirty weighs off the five year deal potentially. So true, uh, a lot of those mid twenty year olds two instead like, of like the three intermediate in term. Of it, yeah. That's contingent on him him playing well and the Knicks having success. If you were to sign with the Knicks, hypothetically, that, uh, that's, that's a huge if, Daniel. I know. <laughs> it's just... right. that, that's a, like, I I feel like if he's going to be signing with the Knicks, he would rather take the longer term deals. So he didn't have to gamble on himself and the Knicks being terrible. Yeah, yeah. I also and I also think that there is, like I said, there is there's a premium just not only with stepping down, but I think the Knicks need to understand that people don't want to play for this organization. And that if you want a really good player to come here, you have to basically, they have to be okay with essentially signing their death, their career's death warrant. So if I'm Fred Van Vliet and I'm thinking, okay, I'm getting 10 a year from the Raptors. I'm going to shot myself around, but ultimately I probably want to stay in Toronto because I would assume he does. He seems very happy there. Um, And he's, he's certainly becoming ingrained in their lore. I think to pry him away from Toronto and get him to come to New York, you need to pay him 20. And I don't think that he's worth 20. I don't want to say that, but I don't think that he's worth 20. <sighs> he knows he's the top point guard on a thin market. Cause uh, there's not, that's there's really the other thing guys behind him. Like it's, it's Goran Dragic. Um, it is Chris Dunn. Who's a billion. He's, he's too old. Who's too old. DJ Augustine. Like there's really not. Oh no. Yeah. That, that chops. <laughs> I was like, there's not a lot of options on you know, the table free agent wise. So I guess I it's, know. I, and I don't want the Knicks to trade because the Knicks are not good at that. Maybe you um, sign, maybe you sign Gordon, uh, maybe you sign Dragic. Sign Dragic on a one year. Or I was thinking two. Uh, give yeah. me two. I mean, that's a, that's another great veteran presence. He will have played with several of these guys who, who played with the, you know, with a few, they were, there's, I mean, there's so many journeymen on this team right now that he's bound to have played with some of them at some point. Right. I mean, that's, that's not a bad, bad go. I would just like the point guard to be locked up for a longer term because for RJ to have a consistent partner, if he's going to play the two, which in my mind, he should be playing the two and not playing the three because he's not big enough to play the three in the NBA. Um, and I also think his skill set lends itself more to the two in the NBA at the moment. But, so I guess- you know, if, if he knows that he's got a partner long term, you, you develop that relationship regardless of how many fucking coaches they want to wheel in and out of the of Madison Square Garden, he's still going to have that relationship with his playing partner. 
And if Van Vliet fucking sucks after, you know, or you decide that they don't like each other or whatever, it's not working out, you can flip a reasonable contract with a good player on it. You can't flip an unreasonable contract. No one's going to pay Fred Van Vliet $23 million a year. Right. Well, you that do, but thing. it's for cash considerations, which is just. Yeah. The, bag of balls. Yeah. That's the equivalent of bag of balls. Yeah. And, and it yeah. ends up you having to trade a draft pick for people to take on the contract. I mean, it, this whole situation, it, it puts the Knicks in literally like an impos- impossible situation because you're not going to get, like we said, that, that, that top type guy in the draft unless you trade up for Lamelo. which, again, I don't know if he even fits the roster. I don't know if he fits what the Knicks are trying to do, per se. Um, or you shell out a ton of money does. to like a Fred Van Fleet. Like, it, there's, this doesn't seem to be like a do you think- good outcome or solution to this problem via these two methods so, so, so my, my question so they think we got the a third method here well i guess that's that'll be the third method the fourth method <laughs> uh do you think they try to trade for a guy you kill yourself that's how it so so that's after not trading the- because yeah as of today i mean this was initially reported by sny um for being begley on the 14th of october that the Knicks are closely monitoring one Russell Westbrook to trade for him. No, delete. Stay away. Stay away. We don't <laughs> listen, need that. Russ. Blocked listen, and deleted. Buddy, you are unreal. You are an unbelievable talent. You're a fucking freak. I love watching you play. Please stay fuck away from the Knicks. You're well, you're, you're old. Be you're full of your own shit. You really are. I I can't. I, his his ability is to be respected and commended. His attitude is disgusting. Mm-hmm. He's very full of himself. I get it. You're very good. He just I don't know. I he just has this cockiness about him that I don't think. Well, that's very New York to be very cocky about ourselves. I don't think it'll rub anyone in that locker room the wrong way, especially the fucking head coach. Yeah, if he can't deal with Jimmy Butler, he can't deal with Russell Westbrook. I can confirm that yeah. for the world, if anyone was wondering. So, I mean, that's stupid. And I also think that in lieu of trading Dan, I would – or Pat, whom I would think Pat made the point. <laughs> yeah. Um, just wait another year because the free agent market next year is better. Next year right. is, a, is a bigger year. And if this year is bad, next year – I mean, this year is abysmal for point guards. Yeah, next year is. physically has to be better. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not. Dan, do you have that up next U- UFA um, point guards next, next year? Or? Yeah. So next season, I mean, obviously Giannis is going to be on the yes. table. Yes. Why is going to be on the table? But point guard wise, you know, Drew Holiday, he's going to be 30. Kyle Lowry's yeah. going to be 34. And then, no, um, I never liked Kyle Lowry. Yeah. No. Chris Chris Paul is going to be free agent. But no. He's going to be 620. Um, Mike yeah. Conley. I don't want that deal. I don't want oh, that deal to be over. No, that's what I'm saying. He'd he's going to be yeah. old. So he, what, 30? Is he going to be 30? 33. 33. By the time that contract's up. He's 30. You take this for 30. He's always been good. He's always been a solid player, though. Maybe you give him three years. Give him a two-year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anybody, I mean, point guard also is, is such a position, you know, you, you could – there could be a diamond in the rough. And not that I'm saying the Knicks ever found any fucking diamonds in the rough in the draft, because that certainly isn't their strength, but 
God, it's really depressing to sit here and talk about this. The fact that we need a point guard and there are just no options. <laughs> yeah. just, like there are, there are options no are, fucking there. options. In terms of options, uh, we, we have, have no options. options. <laughs> uh, now, I mean, I'll, I'll in, say this. I don't, I, I've heard rumors today that there are West Coast teams who have been reaching out and starting to ask the Nets about Spencer Dinwiddie. Oh. And I actually happen to like Spencer Dinwiddie a lot. I think he's a good player. Yes. I do too, yeah. So I don't know but if the Nets I just are don't think... dropping him, but that's an option. Nets, the Knicks won't trade with the Knicks, though. You don't think so? Um, no, that would be like the Mets and the Yankees trading. It doesn't happen very often. When it does, it's never very significant players. You know what I mean? That's that's fair. Like the only time that people switch, switch within the same city. You really like, think I, though? Even within the same fucking state is off season when you're a free agent, like Matanzas. You know, there's an example. Or Todd Frazier, or, or uh, you know, uh, fucking who's that trader? Leonard Williams. Uh, well, Leonard Williams, uh, the Giants and the Jets. Uh, that was a trade, motherfucker. That traitorous. Come on, you gotta like Granderson. You can't. You can't lead the team that just won you a World Series and then say the only real baseball fans in New York are Mets fans. He was trying I'm to psych up the fan that. base. All right. You don't. But you don't disrespect a team that just won you the World Series like that. You don't do that, especially when they gave you a fucking shot when Detroit didn't want to give you shit. I mean, that's. I'm still angry about that. <laughs> Again, we'll, we'll, we can go more point. depth on that. I don't, so, I don't think, so I don't think there's as much of a trade embargo as you think. Because I don't think that there's that much of a rivalry that exists at all. Well, no, there isn't. No, I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's a rivalry. I'm just saying it's, it's like uncouth in the same city to like... The, the Giants and the Jets made that deal for Leonard Williams last year. Um, so I think there is precedent, recent precedent for teams in the same... That's a different sport, obviously, but... Um, yeah. I also don't know much about the Nets' ownership at the moment. I, I have, beyond that, which I, I think could be plausible, I, I don't know, again, that who knows, if the, there's this rivalry that the Nets are, think, are trying to form that's just not really there. Like, the Knicks fans don't care about the Nets. I think the Nets are trying to... <laughs> oh, yeah, the Nets will blow the doors off the Knicks every single game this year. Mark my right. words, but the Nets, Knicks fans will be like, so like, fuck you guys, you're the Nets. Yeah. yeah. But there's two, I guess we'd call them almost nuclear options at point guard if you really want to try and get one of these top guys in here. And those two guys, we've talked about them in the podcast before, but those two guys are Devin Booker or D'Lo. Now, I listen, don't know if the Knicks... Listen, the fact they... that they didn't get D'Lo when he was a free agent is a fucking crime against humanity. It is ludicrous that they let that kid bounce all the way around the fucking league without giving him a shot when he used to be six feet from us. Mm-hmm. That That is bullshit because D'Lo is a fantastic player. Devin Booker, sell MSG. I don't care. I don't well, care. I want someone who can score 70 points. There's apparently problems internally in Phoenix. and I've heard that, yeah. I don't know if the Knicks have the pieces to get it done. They um, don't. They'll just give up every draft pick until the end of time. Like, that's, with that's like they have the two firsts this year. You could, you well, it'll be a Nets trade. It'll be with, the Nets know, trade for Garnett. Mitch, which is not what you want to do. You got to you got to give up your picks probably two this year, your your two first this year. This also this also would all have to happen within the next week. Yeah, right. Um, next year's picks, but <clears throat> you got to give next year's one or two probably like first mm-hmm. and second. Probably the year after that first round. Um, then you're probably looking at giving up. 
Uh, those are devout. Uh, Kevin Knox, Dennis Smith, Bobby Portis, maybe Bullock or Randall. So you're going to strip the team pretty bare, but you're also going to have a guy that can shoot the house down from anywhere. And that is mm-hmm. a leader. And in the three, which is a position where quite frankly, we could use a little help. Yeah. I, I mean, they were awful. Were they from the three last year? Were no, they, they did. There's just locker room issues. There's no. locker room issues. Yeah. I think a lot of don't like how big Booker's ego is getting, which quite frankly, his ego can get as big as it wants. He's arguably one like top five NBA player right now. Yeah. Um, he's the only reason they were relevant in the bubble. He's the reason they got to the bubble. They won every single game. I also, bubble, didn't they? They did. They yeah. Won. I'm wary of big trades after Melo. Granted, Melo brought some success to a degree to the Knicks. He, he made them fun to watch. But we are now where we are because of the Carmelo Anthony trade. Right. You know, we had no youth and no refreshing and no draft picks for a really long time. And it's just meant that we can't develop anything. So on top it's basically of like doing that again. Drafting. Yeah, really and I don't, think, I don't think it's a good idea. It's just more of a pipe dream. Have some pipe. It's not a good idea because you, had, you really had nothing more. We don't have anything more now than we did at the, during the mellow trade. We were, we're in a worse off position. So That's if you didn't win, if you didn't come close then, we're not going to come close now. To get rid of draft picks. Like, I don't – why the fuck did you trade for Andrea Bargnani and give up another – Oh, my God. That was the worst trade. That was the worst fucking trade. That trade doesn't get talked about enough. I think we need to talk about that right now. He was so fucking bad. That trade. He was like, he was that. That trade makes the baby Jesus fucking cry. But like, it's just asinine trades like that. You would have had another two draft picks that I don't. I don't know how they turned out. Like, I don't know who they are off the top of my head. But like, why are you giving up draft picks for a washed up? See if I can figure it out. Hold on. Like, (laughs) why are we? Okay, why do we give up Kristaps Porzingis for a bag of basketballs? Because he was hurt, and maybe was it going to be good the next year? And that's also the reason, apparently, that the Knicks had no interest in signing Kevin fucking Durant. Well, Durant wasn't coming to the Knicks anyway. He wasn't coming either way. But apparently, Dolan did, did not give his blessing to even attempt to get him because he thought that he would never be the same after that injury, which is fucking unbelievable it is 20 at that point 19 mm-hmm. the medicine has come a long fucking way i mean there's motherfuckers playing football tore their knee to 86 million pieces came back out and they're still pretty goddamn good if not just as good as they were before mm-hmm. I, I it just speaks to a level of deep mismanagement that, you know, despite maybe good ideas that we're having here today and, and you know, positive discussions. It's just ineptitude. So he thinks he fancies himself a basketball fan. Wait, so I'm going to try to figure out. Sorry. You're going to figure out the Bargnani yeah. picks. So it was for Marcus Camby and Steve Novak, which I guess were both. Marcus Camby was ancient and Steve Novak so had was no Steve real Novak. use at that point. He yeah. can still shoot the three, I guess. But then their first round pick that year and then two future seconds. So... <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? What, what year was picks? that? What year was the trade? Twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen. This was so this was in the off season of their fifty four win season. But after the, right after the fucking they they lost in the Eastern Conference final or Eastern Conference uh, semis to the Pacers. Yes. Yeah. In six games. You still gave up. 
three fucking picks for Andrea Bargnani. And players. Okay, so hold on. 2013 players. But... Yeah, but the players, you know what? That's fine. Like, Marcus Camby was old. Steve Novak was past his prime. A first round pick and two second round picks without washed up pieces. For of Andrea Bargnani. What the fuck? So it was, it was the, their 2013 first round. So <clears throat> the Knicks did have a first round pick in 2013. Oh, um, I, that was when they took Tim Hardaway. So really quick, um, good by the, way, by the way, annoyed that they let him go with KP as well, quite frankly. Bernardi's contract, by the way, was $10 million a year at that point. <laughs> so I'm sorry, go ahead, Kyle. Right to jail. Right yes. away. Yep. Okay, so hold on. The New York Knicks. Who was, the, who was Barnani with at that point? Toronto. Uh, the Toronto. Oklahoma City Thunder from Toronto via Houston. God, these looking at these picks is like Boston <laughs> via Atlanta via Dallas. Oh, here's one. The Hawks via Houston via Brooklyn traded to Dallas. <laughs> what? Who keeps track of this? Oh, so oh. there's a uh, there's a change. wait. Do you want to hate yourself? Do you want to hate yourself? Tim yep, Hardaway was the 24th pick, and Rudy Gobert was the 27th pick. Good God. So there's a chain here. Uh, I'm not going to read the article, but uh, essentially there's. Oh, by the way, oh no, it, uh, it was Novak, Camby, and Quentin Richardson. So there's a third player involved. Um, no, he was the players are fine. Like you got rid of golden contracts, whatever. It's the picks that kill it for me. So yeah, regardless of who those picks were, the Knicks gave up three fucking picks for that guy, and that it's just it's been that. He was. Pattern. Bit, I don't know if you remember watching the Knicks. So that was probably during like peak a Knicks fandom. I remember like watching Knicks games that year, like pretty you know i wasn't again super excited but like i, I remember watching games like and hoping i'm going to enjoy the product that i watch um and he was just fucking off from the start and he was obviously injury prone too yeah i mean that that entire team was but mm-hmm. it's just it's been for years now this system of sucking getting decent picks trading them away for washed up players and just repeat Repeat, 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 repeat. Rinse and, and repeat. Waste yeah. your good picks, with the exception of like one or two guys. I would say again, like KP and you know RJ last year. But you're not going to fuck up the number three pick. You're going to do pretty well. But just otherwise, they drafted. And they oh, and they overall they, they 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 played it. That was the safe pick. Well, it was the only option. Like although their only they option. Pick RJ. Like they would have been. They would have rioted. They would have been riots. <laughs> so it's like it was the only option on the table. So, I don't know. Regardless, it just, again, proves to this system that Dolan has in place. There's no reason for him to be involved in basketball operations. He doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Let the people in charge. Now it's, it's Leon Rose, uh, I think it's the team president. Let him formulate his plan, do his thing, and keep your, your hands off. But I, we can't expect too much from Dolan. Dolan's going to get involved and fuck up everything like he always does. So Very true. <clears throat> yeah, so I guess – if you want to feel a little bit better about the Knicks drafting, the following teams passed us on passed on Giannis and Edekumpo for players who were significantly worse. I'm going to leave out two picks. Those two picks were CJ McCollum and Victor Oladipo. Mm-hmm. The teams that passed oh. on Giannis, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Wizards, the then Charlotte Bobcats, the Suns, the Pels, the Kings, the Pistons, the Timberwolves, the Mm, oh, that's the Blazers. The Sixers, the Thunder, the Mavericks, and the Jazz, who picked Shabazz Muhammad 14 and Rudy Gobert 27. Pain. 
pain, location pain. Location pain. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think really to kind of put a, a cherry on the shit Sunday that is the New York Knicks, the issue, yeah, poo. <laughs> um, they're just poo. The, the issue really <laughs> is that it's just mismanagement from the top down. That's the problem. Hopefully with the new coach and with, you know, the new the revamped, I'm not going to say new because it's nothing's new until Dolan's gone. The revamped front office and the coach, things can get better. I have a lot of faith in some of the players that we have. Some of the players that we have, I don't have any faith in. But there is potential if people can stay healthy and if we can have a system now with Tibbs for them to be competitive, which is something I've been looking for since 2014. It's been six very long years and there's been nine months with no basketball now. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I liked watching the bubble because I knew the Knicks weren't going to disappoint me. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I do miss the Friday Night Knicks song on MSG and that needs to come back. Talking Friday Night Knicks on MSG got front row. And Mike Bream saying, just to get there. (laughs) 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 All right. So. I think, again, the overall – the Knicks are just, I would say, the worst-run organization in sports <laughs> right now. Um, I don't even think it's close. I think the Knicks have just been – Who comes close? Dumpster fire for, the, Jets do, the Jets do recently. I mean, the, Jets, the, Jets, the Jets do come close. The Jets come um, close the maybe Jets the – The Jets have at least more prolonged recent okay success if you look at the 2010-20 yeah. – but the Jets also keep their draft picks. They don't always trade them away for washed-up guys. Yes. That's they just the make facts. poor decisions with the picks. Um, wait, I have one. I have one. Worse than the Knicks. The wow. Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, I see, see, no, no, no. no. just right. made the AFC Championship like three years ago. Yeah, so not only that. And they, they've only ever been around since the 90s. Oh, um, okay, fair. So, they're just, and they they're were just good. painfully and they, irrelevant this year. And they were a Tom Coughlin-led playoff team in the 90s with Mark Brunel. So yes, they're bad. Yes, they have their their ah, their history is bad. But in, in recent memory, I'll say the Sacramento Kings qualifying that the early thousands were a, a fucking long time ago now. Yeah. Um, Sacramento Kings have had my. I have a cousin who's a Kings fan, um, and his location is also pain, much like yeah. ours. Though they do have actual players now, so I'm excited well to see. Recently. Yeah, they draft very well they recently, and and hung on to players too. Aaron Fox is um, filthy. Like he's so good. He's disgusting. He's so good. Marvin Knight um, was pretty good. Um, isn't Buddy Hill on the Kings Bagley's too? He's very good. He is. Buddy, yeah, Buddy Hill. Yeah, I mean they're 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 a decent team. Yeah. So the Detroit Tigers. Well, yeah. They, they were relevant in the twenty to two, early two thousands, but other than that distinct period, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Previous to the Houston Astros switching leagues. Definitely the worst franchise in America. So how do we how do we put a like I said a cherry on this shit Sunday? I was just, so yeah to put, to put a kind of a bow on on just the absolute shit show dumpster fire sinking Titanic however you want to phrase it. Um, yeah. That is the next. I think each of us should right now, a week before the draft, a week before free agency, give our prediction for one move the Knicks will make this off season, and it can be good, it can be bad. We'll take all of it. So, what do you think they do? I think will, or do you do I think should? 
you can give both if you'd like. Give give one move that okay. they, well, they will, make, and one move that they will make because we know that they, those will be different things. So yeah, we, yeah. move that they will make will will be that. I, I kept saying I so saw you you said it was Russell Westbrook, Kyle. I think it's going to be like Chris Paul. Yeah, that, he wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise me. Because that because obviously Chris Paul is much more of a team player. I I think not much more, but more of a team player. Than Russell I wouldn't Westbrook. hate Chris Paul though. I would. I wouldn't be happy with it. I wouldn't hate. But that, but that would involve an overtrade. I was an obvious overtrade. Oh yeah, huge overtrade, huge overtrade. Yeah. Um. So, what do you think? What do you think they should do, Pat? What's your? Um. I. I honestly, the best that we talked about a lot of things today. Um. The best thing I, I, that came to mind was the was the wait and see idea, Kyle, that you had. Was which the you got to let this year play out. Yeah. I think. Yeah, so I, I don't think I that's, think they, that's the, what I was going to say. The moves they should make are no moves. <laughs> do do the draft and if yeah, obviously you get offers to people to take your spot, then you do the offers. But yeah, so I'm going to go with that's what they should do and what they're do you think, going to do. Do you think they trade back in the draft real quick? I guess we'll have no. two seconds. Okay. No, I don't because I think the farther back you go, if you go past 15, it's like you're just not getting a player that's really going to be worth it. Uh, mm-hmm. Odds are. Um, Obviously, now somebody who's like drafted 16th is going to be like the next LeBron James, and I'm going to be a fucking asshole. But that's they should do uh, nothing, wait and see, and you know, react when the moment's right. But what they're going to do is massively overtrade for Russell Westbrook. And when that happens, I am going to fling something from my roof. Um, possibly myself. I, but land on the possibly myself. I just that's true. There's scaffolding in our building. Um I just know how stupid the Knicks are and how much of a boner James Dolan has for money. And Russell Westbrook is jersey sales. That is revenue globally. Oh yeah. So you know, we'll see. I hope it doesn't happen, but I think there's a decent chance it might. Like I'm I'm good with either pat with chris paul or me with uh with russ you know great players but i don't i don't want you here go away but i think they should be neutral and, and do not play out see how it goes and sort of work from there because there's you know like you said there's a lot of unknowns and we got to see where how it turns out daniel so i'm i'm gonna agree with both of you and what they should do is they have like we've talked about all night they have a good young core hopefully they draft decent guys um again having two first round picks is a good thing um you know get get a point guard in here get someone uh like a trey jones or a cassius uh, winston from uh, michigan state like someone who can be an offensive force but also a good passer obviously it remains to be seen what they're gonna do with the eighth pick but i think they kind of hold steady uh, see what you got in this youth let it ride what they will do is they will make a very stupid trade uh <laughs> And I think they will make one free agent signing, and they're going to sign a 38-year-old Tyson Chandler to a five-year, $120 million. <laughs> That's my prediction. <laughs> the return of Tyson Chandler. They would never do a five-year deal. They would never. Hey, man. You know, Tyson still that. got it, you know? 38, he can still I'm going to no, say they never. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to – if I'm wrong – God's putting his foot down. <laughs> If I'm wrong, I will do something. If wrong, we get to shave a penis into your head. You, yes. I actually like that. Oh, that's on video. It's not going to happen, but that's on video. If they signed a 38-year-old Tyson Chandler to a five-year deal, I will, yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
I like the I like the play. I think I think they sign him though. I think there's a good chance they sign him. <laughs> He's a free Tyson agent. Chandler. Yeah, no, totally. That's gonna happen. It's just it's not <laughs> so... gonna be five years. <laughs> it's not gonna be. Sorry. Release him when he's 42 years old. Love that. But, I mean, either way, we all know Knicks are going to fuck everything up somehow, and they're going to be just as bad next year as they were this year. So, Which is yep. why we're coming at you live from the dumpster. Because if they didn't do this all the time, we wouldn't be. See, now, that's, that's the way to put the bow on all of this. That, we're going to be in this dumpster for a, a long, long time, I would presume. Come on in. It smells fun. <laughs> Because it's burned outside. I was gonna say also when you burn garbage, doesn't the smell go away? I don't know. I, I don't think so. I think it makes well, if it becomes ash eventually, it's a different substance. That's fair. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, to put another bow on our conversation today, we are actually going to revisit one of our favorite segments here on In Conclusion We Digress and go to a Pat's fact, which we haven't done in I would say almost two months. So Pat, what is your fact? My fact, this is a, uh, you're going to like this one, Dan. In 1971, the uh, year of our Lord, 1971, uh, two women are tarred and feathered in Belfast for dating British soldiers while in Londonderry, Northern Ireland, a Catholic girl is also tarred and feathered for her intention of marrying a British soldier. Do you think that's retaliatory from the Brit- the other guy's <laughs> song? <laughs> that's that question of the day. Would you think oh, that my was God. Re- retaliatory? Uh, for for Karen, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so, so so for all of you normal people out there that don't have the friends that I have, any other guys, <laughs> there is a scene where Will Ferrell is in a bar and he sings this old like Irish. It's just like a song. song. There's really no other way to put it, and it's it's truly the weirdest song ever. And we'll have Dan and or well Dan because Dan runs the socials, but we'll have Dan find a clip and put it somewhere, and and you'll all get to hear it, and it's a lot. That's <laughs> how I would put it. She promised the truth. So. Uh, but yeah. yes, Pat, I do. I do think it's retaliatory. If that's your question, yes, <laughs> I, I think that is what the story is based on. Um, it's it's filled with, listen, it's filled with rich history. Worth mentioning, um, Pat and I, and sometimes Mike and Kyle. I don't think you've ever sang with us, but we'll all break out into song uh, of that song in particular when we've had uh, a few too many. Oh, we have. We have recently. We have this, recently. Happened, yeah, Dan and I legitimately all the all the fucking time, <laughs> all the time. It's a lot. Uh, but that is a interesting Pat fact, Pat. And thank you for sharing. And of course, we'll, we'll always give our love to Karen. <laughs> so let's let's go to our uh, little closing thoughts on the episode today. It can be about Karen, or it could be more about the Knicks because that's what we spent the last hour and a half talking about. So. Uh, We'll start with Pat today. What's your closing statement of our episode? I think we all had some pretty, uh, I, I would say we had some pretty nail on the head comments overall for between the three of us today. Um, to shame, uh, to shame WFN doesn't pick us up, but um, <laughs> I think it was a, a good conversation and we're going to have more coming towards you for the other New York sports teams live from the dumpster fire. Yes. Kyle. Um, <clears throat> again, we, we were discussing sports. The New York Knicks were the focus of our discussion tonight. So I would like to, <clears throat> for the first time in ASMR, say the following. Oof. James Dolan.
go fuck yourself <laughs> and sell the team. Sell the that brings me great internal existential joy to say that in mm-hmm. such a tone. And I feel like that's all I need to say. He can, he could, I don't give a shit about him. He can go fuck himself. He, he needs to sell the fucking team. I don't care. Sell it. End of rant. I, I think there's... So you get banned for life, Kyle, if he ever hears this. <laughs> Do it, bitch. No balls. <laughs> he's going to control print screen. He's going to have a photo photo of you looking like this right now. And he's going to be like, Do not admit Take this, this one. <laughs> <laughs> for uh, our listeners uh, at home, uh, obviously podcasts are a visual medium, as we've said many times. But Kyle just flipped off. Of course. For the picture. Take two of these and call me in the morning. <laughs> Felt real good. Well, I, I think there's two things that all New Yorkers can agree on. Number one, uh, that everyone hates Bill de Blasio. And number Facts, two, that terrible. everyone agrees that James Dolan is a fucking idiot and he should sell the team, as Kyle said. So I think those are mm-hmm. two things that all New Yorkers are on the same page about. So you're not alone. So quickly for me, uh, again, the Knicks are such a dumpster fire. My expectations are so low for this upcoming season. Um going to predict maybe uh, 25 wins this year, go up from 21 to 25. I think that's a, a reasonable... Uh, a modicum prediction. of success. <laughs> uh, and to all my fellow Mets fans at home, happy Steve Cohen Day. So we'll talk about the Mets and the Yankees in the future, but it's a great day. We, everyone should celebrate while we can enjoy this. So that'll do it for this edition of Live from the Dumpster, as we've alluded to. As we've alluded to, we will uh, do more New York sports-focused episodes in the future. I think we'll probably tackle the Mets and Yankees next, considering the baseball season is going to be getting started in the next couple of weeks. So we'll do this again. Uh, as always, if you like what you hear, please subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere where you can find podcasts at this point. Uh, still trying to get some YouTube content out. We'll interact with us on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter. You guys know this feel at this point. And until next time, we will catch you guys on the next one. Thanks for listening to the first installment of our series, Live from the Dumpster. Tune in next time to see who we open up, open the lid on next. Sponsor Mike's only sponsor Mike's only fans. Sponsor sponsor Mike's only fans. This week, Mike pulls a Houdini. He's not here. <laughs> <laughs>